Well, hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Ben's Basement. I am your host, Ben, and welcome to my basement. This episode, I wanted to talk about two cold case murders that happened in 1993. One was in Alaska, and the other was in Minnesota. What do those two places have in common? Yes, it is freaking cold as shit in both of those places. But does anybody really live in Alaska? I mean, we know people go over there to hunt, but do they actually live there? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't live in Alaska. Would you? Hell no. It's too cold. But if you want to find out about these two cold case murders, then stick around. Thanks for sticking around, everybody. And as promised, we're going to talk about the cold case murder that happened in Alaska first. A suspect has been arrested in Maine in connection with the sexual assault and murder of a 20-year-old female whose body was found in a dorm bathroom at the University of Alaska Fairbanks back in 1993. The suspect's name is Stephen Downs, and he is of Auburn, Maine. He was arrested this last Friday and charged with first-degree murder and sexual assault in the 1993 death of Sophie Sergi. So on April the 26, 1993, a janitor found Sergi's body in a tub in the shower room at the dorm, and according to documents, she was sexually assaulted shot in the back of the head and stabbed numerous times. Biological evidence was collected, but at the time, DNA technology was not in use in Alaska. Investigators later developed a DNA profile to compare the DNA of possible suspects over the years to no avail. But guess what, people? It is 26 years later and technology has come a long way. And there's different techniques and tools that investigators and law enforcement altogether are using to figure shit out that happened, uh, let's say, 26 years ago. Miss Sergi was a former UAF student, University of Alaska Fairbanks, but she was not enrolled when she went to stay with a friend at the dorms. And uh, shortly before her death, according to documents, she was last seen alive when she left to a smoke a cigarette. And her friend suggested she smoke near the exhaust vents in the women's tub room to avoid the cold outside. That is where she ended up being found the next day by the janitor. After thorough investigation, Downs which was, he's 44 now, but he was a UAF student at the time of the killing and he lived near the dorm where Sergi's body was found. So he was a lead suspect, but at the time, technology wasn't it, wasn't what it is today. DNA couldn't be traced back. So let me tell you how they caught Downs. There's a new technology, DNA technology, that led to Downs, okay? But first, I want to tell you a little backstory 
or remind you or maybe even tell you for the first time of sometime last year, if you recall, there was a serial killer that was caught in California. This serial killer was active during the 70s and 80s in California across six different counties in the state. Law enforcement used a unique technology that I don't know if it was used for the very first time for this case or if it had been used before, but this is the first time that it was publicly revealed. And it's called genetic genealogy testing. And this is how it works. Okay, you have these uh, genealogy like 23andMe and Ancestry.com, right? So you want to figure out your family tree. They give you a genetic outline of your family members. And then you can go and you can start connecting all the dots. Well, the way they caught D'Angelo was he didn't submit his DNA to 23andMe or Ancestry.com or whatever. But one of his family members did. And that's how they caught him. The DNA markers matched to the DNA evidence that was collected from the 70s and the 80s. And they put it together and that's how they caught D'Angelo. And here's the kicker. Come to find out, D'Angelo was a police officer during that time. Now let's get back to Downs. And that's exactly how they caught Downs. The cold case fella submitted the unknown DNA profile from Sophie's case in July of 2018 to the Virginia-based company, which utilizes extracted DNA to perform the genetic genealogy testing. And guess what? He has been extradited from Alaska. Now, let's move on to the murder cold case in Minnesota, shall we? After talking about Alaska all that time, you know, I just we just need to move on to another cold place. So why not go to Viking country over there in Minnesota, the land of the Minnesota Vikings. The victim, 35-year-old female Jeannie Childs, was stabbed 24 times and found on June the 13th, 1993. Her body was found after another tenant complained that the water was leaking into her apartment. They saw that it was coming from child's boyfriend's unit and decided, you know what, we need to go in here and we need to check out why this place is leaking water. It was then that they discovered child's body inside the shower with the water still running. So who's to say how long it was from the time that she was killed until the time, of course, that they found her. The only thing she was wearing was her socks. Now, Childs was known to work as a prostitute. The apartment she was found in was her boyfriend's apartment there in Minneapolis. And it was known that she brought customers to that apartment to do her little prostitution deeds whatever that might be use your imagination kids well westrom i'm guessing was listed as a potential suspect from back then okay now the murder happened in 1993 but nobody was arrested they didn't know who did it but dna and semen was collected at the scene and of course stored in evidence 
Now, come back to 2019, and with the case that I just told you about in Alaska, they were using the genealogy NDA, DNA testing, right? It doesn't say that this case used that method. How they caught him was that they decided that, okay, you know what? He's a listed suspect. We'll go ahead. We're going to open this case back up, and we're going to go ahead and do some surveillance on this guy. Well, this guy ended up going to a uh, hockey rink back in January, right? And when he was there, he went to the concession stand, bought some food. After he was done with his food, they noticed that he wiped his mouth with a napkin and threw it all in the trash. So they were like, oh, we got that DNA now. And once you throw any of your property into a trash can, it is available to the public. Just like at your house. If you were to, okay, you throw your trash away in your trash can, it's in your house, nobody can touch it. That is your property, even though it's in a trash can, and you're going to throw it away, right? But as long as it's still in your house and on your property, that is still your property. But when you take that trash can with your trash in it, and you set it out on the street, on the curb, for the trash guys to come pick it up, it is now available to the public, and it is no longer your property. So that is exactly what they did here at the hockey rink. They grabbed up that napkin and they sent it in for DNA testing. A couple weeks passed by and detectives learned that it was a match to the DNA and semen found in the apartment of the initial murder from 26 years ago. So the good news is they arrested him this last Thursday and he is being charged with that 1993 stabbing death of 35-year-old Jeannie Childs. Come to find out later, police discovered that Westrom had multiple contacts with law enforcement related to prostitution and was convicted of solicitation back in February of 2016. So that just added another nail to the coffin. Whenever Westrom was asked that if he ever was in Childs' apartment, and he said, no, I, I don't even recognize her. When uh, authorities asked him why his DNA was found at the scene, he said, I don't know. <laughs> that don't work there, buddy. Not when you've left some DNA and semen around. You're history. Well, 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 we are at the end of this episode about the two cold case murders from 1993. It's just a shame that it took 26 years to pass before technology caught up and was able to finally arrest and charge these monsters with the crimes that they committed. I hope you enjoyed this episode, even uh, of course, the unfortunate events if you haven't checked out any of my prior episodes, go ahead and do that. I have a lot of episodes from last year that you probably would enjoy. So uh, check them out, like, share, and if you're listening to me on Anchor, go ahead and give me a call. Leave me a message. Tell me what you think. Just do it. Like, share, and even give it to your enemies, okay? That's all I'm asking. 
All right, we shall see you. I'm closing the basement door. Bye-bye.